Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Hey, this is Aaron from the Beer Guys Radio Show, and thank you for downloading this podcast extra. We had the opportunity recently to talk with Joel Iverson, Jonathan Baker, and Adam Bishop. Of course, those are three of the guys that make up the team from Monday Night Brewing. They had some big announcements by opening a second facility here in Atlanta. They're going to become the first Atlanta brewery to have two facilities. This one's going to be for sour and barrel-aged beer, so that's pretty cool. Tim and I just talked to the guys. Let's listen in. We are here at a uh, fairly abandoned warehouse facility right now, but hopefully it's going to turn into something pretty cool. Tell us about that. Anybody? Jonathan? So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we've got many, many thousands of square feet of empty space right now, but we're uh, right along the belt line, which is being built in southwest Atlanta, and um, we've got 22,000 square feet of uh, right now warehouse space that we're going to be turning into a barrel aging facility and souring um, barrel aging and souring facility with uh, a tasting room and access directly to the Beltline, um, hopefully by mid next year. So, because uh, right now, as we're out here, where they're constructing the Beltline right now, as as we're here under construction, so you guys will be kind of getting on this on the front end, right? Yeah, I mean, the goal would be to open alongside the Beltline opening up, um, and the Beltline, what they've got until they've, they've got 50 million dollars from the federal government and they have to spend it by like august of next year so, so <laughs> there's a, there's they're a saying, deadline they're yeah. saying this part will definitely get done by then so unlike i think some sections of the belt line which are uh very hazy timelines so now this uh, besides you guys coming here we were talking a little bit there's going to be some pretty cool neighbors so this area in general is is developing i believe you said a uh, a pickle place gelato uh cheese yeah, um, so <clears throat> this whole development is called the Lee and White development, and as a part of that, um, we've got Do South Pickles moving in. Actually, they've, they've already moved in. Uh, honeysuckle Gelato and Southern Age Cheese, and so it's it's becoming kind of a, a development where you know it's like half production, half consumer, kind of retail facing. Um, so pretty pretty innovative concept, um, and I think it'll be a lot of fun for folks. Yeah, a lot of artisan, of course, uh, type of atmosphere, a nice collaborative atmosphere too for you guys too. Yeah, yeah, we're trying not to use that word. Cause I'm it's sorry, so douchey. I know. But. That's what I'm trying to do. I do really good. Artisan beers. Artisan beers. You know, just a bunch of makers. We're a bunch of makers. Yeah. This is an artisan podcast, right? It is an artisan podcast. Craft podcast. These amateurs here with their phones not silenced here. Exactly. We can cut that out. But Jonathan, when you and I talked a little bit more, you'd use the term urban orchard. So you guys have got a cool concept here for. Some of the fruit and stuff. Adam, so it looks like that's your question. Oh, sure, yeah. No, so what the reason behind it is is the fruit, you know, they, they, they breed in bacteria that we're going to utilize in some of the fermentations. We're definitely looking at doing some open-style fermentation, some natural fermentations here, and that's going to help aid in that process. Plus, hopefully we plant enough trees, they mature enough, we get enough fruit that we can actually incorporate those into the beers that, you know, got their fermentation from those trees in the first place. What are some of the uh, fruits you plant on planting out there? 
Apples are a big varietal that we've looked at. Um, we've also looked at several different varieties. Uh, what was the one that she said that was so crazy? Uh, pawpaws, but then oh, there's yeah. like Asian, Asian pears, pears uh, mulberries. Yeah, have some grapevines. Grapevines. And there was, honestly, she, uh, there's some fruits I've never heard of. <laughs> like chirimoyas. Artisan fruits. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. chimichanga tree. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's exactly. Yeah. Chimichanga tree. You got to right. be careful with the bacteria on those chimichangas. Oh, though. yeah. You'll be wicked at yeah. midnight after that. So. So, yeah, so you've already got a fairly decent barrel-aged program, too. Are you just going to expand that and move that in here as well? So to begin with, we probably won't bring our normal non-soured fermentations down here. We'll leave those at the barrel room in the brewery there so that we can keep those isolated from the sour projects. And one of the critical things about taking on something as volume is that we have to watch out very carefully for cross-contamination. Um, we're putting a shower in, for God's sake, so people can take a shower before they leave this place and go to the other brewery. Um, rooms are going to be isolated and temperature controlled so that we can have different kinds of bacteria strains working and not have those populate out into other barrels that we don't want them in. So it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. That's a common place for breweries that really want to get serious about a sour program. Is you really do need that off-site isolation to to keep from getting in because I know some of these bacteria can. Uh, really grab on and be very hard to get rid of if they do get into something right oh absolutely i mean it's it's my biggest fear we we the reason sours don't work so great at our brewery is because we spend a lot of effort to make sure that that doesn't happen there anyway so to bring it in willingly is almost foolish so um You've got about uh, 20, well, how many, how many square feet do you have right now of this? Uh, this is 22,000 square feet, and oh. our, our old brewery, uh, which we're going to keep running as is, is 20,000 square feet, so we're a little bit more than doubling our uh, square footage. Oh, exciting. Kind of intimidating for you guys, uh, yeah. Well, now that you say that, yeah. yeah it was. <laughs> <laughs> now it is. That's what I'm doing. Listen, I, I have to go throw that question yeah. out there, because that's, that's a journalist. Now, you guys also yeah, mentioned no. when we came in here, there's a lot more space, and if you decide to expand in the future, there's... You have room to grow from there, right? Yeah, we do. And that's really, you know, we love where we are right now in West Midtown, but we're also kind of uh, landlocked if you've ever right. been down there and uh, don't really have anywhere to grow to. And, um, you know, we've been there a little over three and a half years and we've just outgrown it sooner than we thought. Um, and this kind of gives us a way to, um, to really kind of start up a whole new strain of stuff down here and also keep what we got there and we've got room to grow into about 60,000 square feet here um you, and you guys saw it a second ago but it's just big open high ceiling space um which is actually really tough to find inside of the city um so we're uh, really excited about that as i was looking yesterday you have a on google maps there's a walkthrough of your current facility and I was looking at that yesterday, and the changes there, because I believe 2013 is when that was posted. Yeah. And it's just a totally different space now, right. you know, in those three years. There's just so much more equipment in there. Your pilot system that wasn't there yeah. when you first started, so you've got a, a five-barrel atom, five-barrel pilot yeah. system at the at the existing brewery. With four fermenters. Yeah. Had to so. find a spot for those. Had to find a spot for a canning line and the centrifuge and the new tanks. It's gotten crowded there so this is a this will be welcomed relief but for these any projects. growth at all this is needed right yeah, to correct. go anywhere else with it yeah. so now talk a little bit uh about the facility here we the we looked at it kind of you mentioned it's like a wedge shape you come in opens back into the space there so you'll have a uh tasting room area kind of up front with 
uh, Beltline fronted patio. Is that the intention? Yeah, so we've got the, the consumer entrance um, will be there'll be kind of a, a, an outdoor patio that you're walking through um, that will overlook the Beltline. So it's a little bit higher than the Beltline, um, but borders it. And then you'll walk through that into the brewery tasting room. On your right will be, um, you know, an open deck, uh, a bar um, with and that will be kind of full access to the Beltline, and then on the left will be um, Adam's stuff, the, the best walls and barrels. Walls yeah. and barrels. So you're, you're going to produce on this facility too, brew here, right? Or is it just going to be the aging? It's going to be both. It's going to be both. I mean, we're going to produce batches down here on a on smaller system stuff. We'll also produce some batches at our other facility, okay. bring them down here, yeah. and inoculate them down here, um, kind of leverage what we've got from both facilities. This really, you know. It sounds crazy to have a second brewery five miles from the first, and no one's no one's done it here in Georgia. But really, kind of, I think this got solidified for us out at the uh, Craft Brewers Conference this year, just talking to some of these breweries in other cities that have done this and uh, hearing how they kind of leverage each facility for different things and how it how it really works. And, and I think in a lot of ways, um, I think people are going to really enjoy it too to kind of say, "Hey, I've seen." both spots i've been to both spots and they're both, both going to be very unique and different too so. you just mentioned it kind of casually as far as i know at least in modern times you are the first brewery in georgia to uh, build out a second facility a production brewery correct correct so. second manufacturing license although someone did correct me the other day and said well now technically miller has to because they've got albany and terrapin okay. so right. <laughs> they beat oh, us to the punch but it also speaks to the popularity of sour beers over the past several years, too. If you, you see the expansion of that, uh, and it's big enough for where you guys feel you can do a second brewery just because of that, too. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've grown quite a bit, um, and there's. it's really, sours open up a world of possibilities, right? I mean, it's it's kind of like saying ales. Like, the sour means yeah. so many different things, and you can make them uh, really light and citrusy and, and um, you know, fun to drink, or you can make them really complex and... Uh, horse blankety, like yeah. Yeah. really funky. Well, yeah. we, we've talked about it before, but the term sours, uh, I know there's a kind of a movement from the geekier side to, to separate that a little bit more because, like you said, it's really like saying if you just said L's, you know, what kind of beers do you like? Well, I like L's, you yeah. Know, there's, yeah. There's just a, a huge, you know, group of things there. We've got uh, truly sour beers, you've got the funky beers, you've got your kettle soured, uh, you got you know wild elves that really there's not any sourness to them just the exactly. the funk in that yeah. so it's uh it's there's just a huge range of things you can do with that so yeah and that's what's so fun um and why we're <clears throat> maybe we're not as nervous as we should be about doubling our square footage is because it's it's just going to be so much fun to do that kind of stuff stuff that we've never been able to do just you know because we don't want to contaminate anything now, something we talked about uh, before, we always have to bring it up, being in Georgia, the business side of things. And I know that uh, you'd mentioned there is there were other states that spoke to you, you know, when you were looking for a facility. Uh, Georgia is not a, a friendly place for brewers. You know, it's, it's something, you know, there's a lot of challenges here facing brewers. And we've talked about it before. Anytime, as soon as it was announced that you guys were opening a second facility, there were comments about, well, must not be too bad to be a brewer here in Georgia and that. And that's Jonathan, like I talked to you about, brewers here are opening despite the challenges rather, you know, rather than the booming climate here. And there's people that are passionate about Georgia and that. So why did you decide to do this here in Georgia? Um, I would say that we're incredibly irrational business people. So <laughs> oh, good move. Good we, uh, no, I, I, 
for us, uh, and we did, we looked around at other places. Um, uh, we looked around right across state lines, a city like Chattanooga, which was incredibly accommodating to us. They had sort of, they had a site that they had lost out where they were trying to get Deschutes to come there. Um, and, uh, and really what it came down to for us as we looked at it, we're like, all right, well, who, who are we as a brewery? And, and as Monday night brewing, we're like, you know what, we are, we're to us, we're synonymous with sort of Atlanta. This is our home. This is kind of where we've wanted to do this. And it just, it didn't, um, you know, it's a, it's again, bad business logic, but it didn't feel right to go anywhere but Atlanta with, with a second spot. And, um, and I would say we're doing this in, um, we're doing this knowing full well what the laws are now, but we also, uh, pretty firmly believe that change is underway. And, you know, I, I have lots of conversations with our wholesale partners, with, um, with a lot of the legislature. And <clears throat> I think everybody, everybody realizes Georgia's got to catch up, especially now that we're the one state left, <laughs> the, the very last after Mississippi. So, um, so I, I think it's, it's not a question of if it's a question of when and, um, that, that it'll get better here. So, Hopefully by the time we're open. And can we, and can we hang on until the laws change? Yeah. Because yeah, this, I mean, frankly, this breed doesn't make as much sense if the laws never change. Sure. Um, and, and we've talked to brewers in other states, you know, talking to the guys. I believe it was at, um, uh, okay, I'm blank, the, the Alabama brewery. At Good People? Or is it? No, uh, no the first one we talked Blue to. Blue Pants or? Uh, oh, yeah. Black, Black 40. Back yeah. 40, yes. So talking to brewers in other states like in back 40 he his business plan took into consideration laws would change and that's something you know he, he'd really you know counted on and there's just so much happening now i don't see how our lawmakers can't take note of that i know they've surprised me in the past so of course you know so we'll see from there but uh just some small changes here could really make a huge difference for brewing in georgia it's still a, a booming business and you know you guys are showing here despite this with opening the second facility so we got to remain hopeful and See if we can make some change there. So there you go. This is the year. This is it. I hope so. Well, yeah. next year's 2017. The year. That's right. 2017. That's right. That's right. Cool. So talking about production here, um, how big is the brew house going to be at this facility when you open? We have yet to actually pick an exact size on it yet. We're still in the design phase on that. Um, probably on the smaller side, so that we can run smaller, more individualized projects. Um, and then, like we said earlier, running the large stuff, large volumes over here, and transporting that down for aging here. Um, as far as the facility right now, the big design that we're working on currently is layout of rooms, where things are going to be in relation to each other, trying to, you know, we're going to have rooms for barrel aging that are going to be temperature and humidity controlled, and there'll be multiple separated rooms so that we can isolate things and keep them with their own kind. And then we're going to have barrel, fo- we're going to have fooders that we're going to have there. We're still trying to size out and even thinking about building a couple other little toys. So. Cool ships. Yeah, they, yeah, we're gonna build one of those and see how it goes. Cool. It's a, it'll be a fun project. Georgia is, you know, we're pretty far south. It stays pretty warm here even during the winter. So it's, it's not something we can do, you know, year round. Obviously, right. but it'll give us the advantage to to see what Georgia's natural, natural uh, flora, flora is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We'll have to wait for the next snowpocalypse to crack it open. Right. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The biannual. That's oh, right. The biannual right. inch of snow. We're due. Here, we're right? due. For yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Last winter was pretty warm, so hopefully we'll get right. a cool winter this winter. Excellent. So looking at this, guys, what's uh, what's the timeline? When do you hope to be open open here? So that's going to depend on who you ask. Uh, the pessimist, I'm, Jonathan. I'm the pessimist. Joel uh, is the optimist. So 
Um, I'll answer and then Joel can answer. <laughs> I'd say fall of 2017. Joel, your your answer. My my goal is July, July of uh, of 2017. So okay, okay. So sometime between spring and fall. Spring, yeah. Summer, summer to fall. <laughs> summer to right. fall. Okay. Yeah, but we'll hopefully definitely be watching yeah. some football okay. next year. And obviously, a lot of the yeah. sours we want to do here are going to take you know two to three Couple years, years yeah. right? Um, so <clears throat> it'll really be three years before you see this place firing in all cylinders. Um, but we'll still be able to do some shorter stuff in the meantime. Cool. Uh, are any of your current sours going to come over here that may see bigger productions of those? Or any plans right now, Adam, for what is going to happen over here? Uh, we've got a lot of ideas where we the things we want to start off with. I, I, you know, I think I generally our plan will be to start off with sours that we can produce in a shorter period of time so that we can start having product come out of here. But... You know, it's going to take time. It's, it's it's like distillers, right? You know, you you distill your, you make your liquor, you put it inside of a barrel, but then it's three years before you're selling to the public. Right. So, uh, there's and the way they get around that, they do white whiskeys, and we can do like Britannomyces right. fermentations and things like that to kind of get us starting the market. So I would I would expect to see some things like that, maybe some kettle sours that we bring over and age in different kinds of barrels, and maybe reinoculate to see if we can get some more extract out of it, but. Um, I'd say, you know, at the beginning, expect to see more of like a soured fermentation kind of beer coming out here and then having the aged stuff come online later on. We've been here talking to uh, Joel, Jonathan, and Adam with Monday Night Brewing. We're at their new facility here on the South Belt Line, uh, targeting opening sometime between summer and fall of 2017. Well, thanks again to the crew from Monday Night Brewing, Joel Iverson, Jonathan Baker, and Adam Bishop for joining us on this Beer Guys Radio Extra. Some pretty cool stuff that the guys from Monday Night Brewing are up to over the course of the next uh, six months to the next year or so. We're up to some pretty cool stuff as well. Just head to BeerGuysRadio.com and uh, check us out. We've got a lot of news and information. Of course, we're always on social media, Beer Guys Radio, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you like what we're doing, consider becoming a sponsor. Head to our Patreon page, which is Patreon.com slash beer guys thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you later the beer guys radio show on the beer guys radio network beerguysradio.com duke's mail do you get it because only the ones that get it really get it your friends get it your mom gets it your grandma gets it your neighbors get it sometimes a dog gets it get out of there what else? Uh, your potato salads get it, BLTs get it, tailgates get it, and restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.